0: Thanks for being with us, along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Welcome into the Beyond the Game program, -program btgprogram.com and at btgprogram, mixing sports and faith at sports talk without all the trash talk. And speaking of trash talk, I saw a terrific article recently in the New York Post. I think it was the New York Post anyway. It was about vulgar language and, and the commonplace of usage of such language. It seems like there's little consideration, and you'd probably agree, with who's around when people, they just let loose with this foul language and mm-hmm. inappropriate words with no regard. There was a time when certain language would not be used in the presence of a lady or in front of children, and maybe you've experienced this as well, but there have been a number of times when people who people who know I'm a church-going person... Uh, would use bad language, and then they'd apologize to me for it. Yeah, like, no, you know, no, sorry, no. man, didn't mean to offend you. you. know, I wasn't all that offended, but mm-hmm. I appreciate it. So there was a consideration there. Many times, some of the bad language nowadays is coming from ladies. It's coming from children, even people of faith. We mm-hmm. moved several years ago. and We bought our first home. It was, it was in a decent neighborhood, but it was what you might consider a starter home. It was modest in most regards, including costs, which made it affordable for younger people like my wife and I just buying a house for the first time. So this was a long time ago then. It was a span of time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is that still a thing, starter homes? I think so. I'm seeing young couples. They're buying houses right after they get married, sometimes while they're still engaged. And they're these big, beautiful, modern homes. And I just I wonder how they afford it. Well, that, leads,
1: I, that leads to what we call crippling debt.
0: Well, maybe. It's none of my business. I know that. It just seems like a lot of house for two people just starting out. And it goes like that, by the way. See the house, wonder how they afford it, remind myself it's none of my business, move on. Mm -hmm. A simple man leading a simple life. You're a young guy, Zach, a young family. How do you manage to take care of that modern mansion that you folks live in? Always so beautifully landscaped, by the way.
1: That's in reference to the fact that my lawnmower is almost always broken, no matter, you know, I get get a broken lawnmower, and then I replace it with another lawnmower, and then that lawnmower breaks. So I'm beginning to think that it's just operator error at this point.
0: Anyway, I started to tell you about when we moved. We had been there a number of years, and it seemed like every time a house in the neighborhood sold, the new folks were slightly less considerate, Maybe, maybe less aware of other people. I can remember hearing a group of people coming down the street and They sound young, but the language was atrocious. Make a sailor blush, as they say. No shame, no shyness about them. They're just cursing up a storm like it was nothing. And when I looked out the window, I was sort of shocked because they had to be 11, 12 at the most. And I was shocked by the age. And I will say many times people, I mean, their their ability to use the F word they use it as a noun. They use it as a verb. They use it as an adjective. I mean, that's pretty remarkably flexible in their application of the word. It's obviously a favorite for some because it's part of nearly every sentence. You've talked to those people. It's in every sentence, sometimes appearing multiple times in the same sentence. Getting back to this article in the Post, they made the point that the modern defense is, well, it's no worse than this or it's no worse than that. And they filed that up by asking, but what is it? better than? Is it ever better than something? This was the New York Post. What a great point. I heard a preacher recently talking about the privilege of serving Christ. And he was building on Colossians 3.23, which says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. He shared a story about how as a a boy, his father wanted to do something kind for the neighbors, but the neighbors were those people. Mm -hmm. And he can remember as a kid saying, you know, it made no sense. These people were mean. They were cruel. But his father said they weren't really doing it for those neighbors. They were doing it for the Lord. And I'm sure that's not the point that the New York Post was making, but the lessons <laughs> there are all the same. And, yeah. and you see the point. Sure, the words you use, they may not be any worse than what somebody else is using, but are they any better? You know, how about that? Can we be better? And We've talked about this, and I know we disagree a little bit on it, and there's this brash sort of in-your-face attitude and approach preferred by many young players in sports today. Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball promoted the We Play Loud marketing campaign, the bat flips, the trash talking, and I'm convinced it's a generational thing. Typically, older fans reject it. Younger fans sort of embrace it. An example being the New York Mets. They use the marketing campaign, Let's Go Mets. Seems appropriate for the Mets. It's simple. It's small words for their fan base. No overly high expectations.
1: Easy to understand.
0: Yeah. I have some friends. They're Mets fans. And I know friends don't let friends be Mets fans. But they were before I met them. So not really much I can do about it. Mm -hmm. You caught that, right? Yeah. Before I met them. Met them. But these Mets fans I know, they often tag the letters LGM. Let's go Mets to many of their social media posts. And I guess that's what Mets fans do. That's how they identify one another. Even when it has nothing to do with baseball or sports in general, they will just tag LGM. Anyway, the Mets young star, at least until he's eligible for free agency, Pete Alonzo, mm-hmm. he has his take on the slogan, LFGM. The letter F makes it so much cooler somehow because of what it stands for. People using the modified slogan, they, it's like they giggle knowingly amongst themselves for aren't we being naughty? We using F in LGM. You can buy t-shirts that say LFGM. And of course, virus masks that say LFGM. You know, for those concerned and trendy Mets fans. The article asked if he knows the F word is so vulgar and inappropriate that it must hide behind its initials, why use it? Again, another great point by the New York Post. Why use it? People use the F word to seem cooler, I think that's why they use it, than they really are. manlier, or maybe. Maybe it makes them hip or even tough somehow. But honestly, when I hear it, and especially when I hear it overused with almost a fervent frequency, and you know you've heard these people, oh, yeah. especially in what you do, it, it leaves me feeling as though, man, you're just not all that educated, are you? I, I should feel badly for the gaps in their language learning. Pete Crow Armstrong, he's the Mets' first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He's already gotten on board tweeting the LFGM. And you could just see it. Young guy, new to the team, excited to be drafted. He wants to be part of the club and endear himself to fans. So he says, I'll use the F word. That'll do it. I get the freedom of speech. I do. Those of you who would defend the F word will likely hang your hat on that argument, and that's great. But why? Why is it necessary? Can't you do better than that? And, and again, maybe it's not worse than what somebody else is doing, but maybe you could be better. It's become accepted. Many things are accepted today, but that doesn't necessarily make them good things. Maybe we need to stop every once in a while, and instead of being satisfied that our words or our actions are accepted... Maybe we should try to be exceptional. And let's remember that what is accepted in some circles is it's still not appropriate everywhere. Maybe we should have more respect for a lady or for children. Major League Baseball wants to use the brash, we play loud marketing to reach a younger audience, but teaching them the F word or teaching them that it's okay to use it, is that the right thing to do? Again, can't we be better? Many kids today grow up thinking Swearing is just part of life. Their parents use foul language in front of them, and they're sort of desensitized to it. As they get older, their friends use foul language all the time. It's normal. They say they're, they're only bad words because some people say they're bad. And look, I get that there are, of course, varying levels of acceptance. Some people are bothered by suck or crap, and, and, and others maybe even darn. But the F word? Mm -hmm. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Instead of pushing the line as far as we can, believers ought to be the first who stop to consider how we can raise the bar. How can we be better? John MacArthur says in his commentary on that verse, he says the Christian speech should be instructive, encouraging, uplifting, even when it is to be corrective, and suited for the moment. And he adds that because believers have been saved by grace and kept by grace, they should live and speak with grace. We should speak positive and encouraging words. Colossians 4.6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Maybe you've been a little loose with your words. Let me challenge you to be better. Perhaps you need to go to God and confess some things. Perhaps you're listening and realizing you've never asked God to forgive you of anything. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. On the other side of the break, we'll bounce around some of the current happenings in sports, offer you some sound wisdom. I think you want to stick around and see if Zach and I can actually do that. Thanks for being with us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. All right, let me tell you about Rock Cares. You know what community is. It's people. People coming together to serve one another and help one another. What a great example during this crisis by showing an act of kindness with a care pack from Rock Cares, which in turn helps keep local businesses and workers working and serving their community. Visit rockcares.info and choose from two fresh and delicious packages. Send one to yourself and one to someone who you want to know just how much you appreciate them. Plus, with every package purchased, a gift bag with fresh fruit and a healthy snack will be delivered to a medical professional on the front lines of this COVID virus. Visit rockcares.info, that's R-O-C Cares.info, or call them. Go old school. 585-775-7520. Rockcares.info. Neighbors helping neighbors. Let's talk about what's going on up at Roberts Wesleyan College. This is the Red Hawks recap brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Roberts Wesleyan will be holding its third annual athletic preview day this August. The event is specialized for high school athletes who are interested in playing at the collegiate level for the Red Hawks. The event is scheduled for Monday, August 3rd. It'll run from 8.30 a.m. to 2.45 p.m. Attendees and their families will have an opportunity to see the campus, the athletic facilities. You can meet with coaches, professors, hear from other student-athletes on their experiences as part of the Red Hawks. There will also be opportunities to learn about NCAA compliance standards and how it relates to making sure potential student-athletes are eligible for competition at the NCAA D2 level. Once again, that's Monday, August 3rd from 8.30 a.m. to 2.45 p.m. And also remember that the Red Hawks Golf Scramble is coming up quickly on July 20th. Make plans now as Roberts Wesleyan will host its 13th annual Red Hawks Golf Scramble July 20th at Mill Creek Golf Club. You can sign up at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you can also find updates on other Roberts Athletics news, and you can follow them, of course, on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented to you by Roberts Wesleyan College.
1: Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu.
0: Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. We record the show in the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York, but it's heard all around the world via podcast. Places like the Netherlands, Ireland, and we say hello to the folks in Ashland, Kentucky, where our last program was downloaded. The great country singer Keith Whitley, born in Ashland. Game show legend Chuck Woolery, also born in Ashland, as was former Major League umpire Charlie Relliford. Thanks for listening in Ashland, Kentucky. We do this show especially for you. Wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. And perhaps one day we will work as hard to impress you as we do to impress the good-looking people in Ashland, Kentucky. Here now is Zach Barletta to give us this week's shenanigans topics. All right. Well, for once,
1: we don't have to ask whether there will be baseball this (laughs) year because the players and owners came to an agreement. So, truth or shenanigans. A 60-game season, which we're going to get, is too short to determine a legitimate champion.
0: I I agree with that. I I know baseball wants to avoid any asterisk talk, but come on. There's no way we can look at this like it's a normal season. 60 games most years puts us where? Early June?
1: You know, you're still
0: talking about a hot start. A team has gotten off to a hot start and maybe even leading a division. And how many times have you seen them fall back? This season, that hot start equates to an entire season, you know, unless it's the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Then it's legitimate. Anybody else, <laughs> it's, it, it's not.
1: That's true. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me as I was doing a little reading for this question is uh, last year's National League MVP, Cody Bellinger, after 60 games last year, he was hitting 409. Hmm. I mean, 60-game sample sizes are just not enough to determine anything. You know, like there's always the guy at the beginning of the year that comes out red hot and by 60 games or so into the season, he's been sent to the minors because it didn't last. I feel like we're going to see a whole lot of that this year. And look, 60 games, in my opinion, is just not enough. You think about how in, in the regular season it takes till the end of July for the trade deadline. There's still teams that don't really know if they're buyers or sellers yet. 60 games is just not enough.
0: Yeah, you're right. It'll entertain us. We'll cheer for our teams. We'll cheer for the players. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be great, but it's not. You know, you're right. It's just not enough. You mentioned Bellinger. That's a great point I never thought of. What if somebody hits 400 in a 60-game season? I'm sorry. That's great, but you're not Ted Williams.
1: Oh, no. I I would imagine that gets an asterisk. Number two, an FBI investigation determined that the noose in NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace's team garage was actually just a garage door pull that had been there since at least the fall of 2019. This announcement took place just days after a huge show of support for Wallace during Sunday's race. Truth or shenanigans, this situation has done more to hurt NASCAR's image than to help it.
0: I say shenanigans. I don't think that's so. I think there's an obligation to investigate a claim like this whenever it's made. You have to take it seriously. And I don't blame Wallace one bit. I I, I don't. Look, I'd be sensitive to it, too, if I were him especially in these times of heightened emotions, you can't be too sure about anything. But from what I've read, it sounds like it didn't take long to find out that that rope had been there a while. Mm -hmm. And look, nobody's at fault here. Uh, Nobody's at fault for investigating. Nobody's at fault for anything. I think everyone did the right thing, and I'm really glad it amounted to nothing.
1: I'm glad it amounted to nothing as well. And I think the big issue that I take with it is that everybody rushed to put a statement out there to make a big show of all the other drivers pushed his car onto the track for him on Sunday and everything. And that he was making statements on social media. The NASCAR was making statements. Richard Petty was making statements. And everybody was talking about he's so brave. He's been so persecuted and everything. And then it turns out it's been there for months. It was not intended for him and it's not a hate crime. And look, he's right that it does look like a noose. I saw the picture that came out Thursday. You can see that the rope is wrapped around itself, coiled several times like a noose would be. But I think it's much more likely some heavy metal fan made it for fun or something than anything else. I think just the fact that everybody made a big deal out of it being a hate crime before the investigation was over, that really bothered me.
0: Yeah, the Bible has a little something to say about being slow to anger.
1: Yeah, Slow I mean, speak. the whole FBI investigation took like 48 hours. You couldn't wait 48 hours before you put your statement out there about the, how they won't take your smile away and stuff. Like, it just was so overblown. Number three, Brett Favre comparing Colin Kaepernick to Pat Tillman was stupid.
0: What do you think, Zach?
1: I think it was. I think mm-hmm. any time that you compare somebody and what their cause is to somebody who took a bullet for their country, I think that's a mistake. And I get... What Favre was saying, he wasn't trying to say that they're the same, but at the same time, I mean, Pet Tillman died. Colin Kaepernick got a multi-million dollar deal with Nike. It's just not the same playing field.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with the statement. It, it was stupid. I think it was innocently stupid. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't intended to be stupid. It just was wrong. It just stumbled. We all do it. We all stumble over oh, yeah. our words sometimes. I know he tried to walk it back. And I'm not saying Kaepernick isn't courageous and even a leader in his cause, but Pat Tillman, as you say, lost his life. That's another level. There there can be levels of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you might be teased for reading your Bible, and while that is persecution, it's not the same thing as being put in prison or killed for reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. That's a different level.
1: We're in a Twitter culture that doesn't appreciate nuance, I think is the root of most of this stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel bad for graduates in 2020 missing out on so much because of COVID, but I feel bad for graduates who missed out because they fell in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Brett Favre, again, was probably well-intended. It just came out very, very wrong, which really, you know, it's, it's really a problem when people want to say something, want to say anything to show how much they care or identify with what's going on and so many people currently feel like they have to say something, and sometimes it just comes out seeming stupid. And they're not yeah. stupid, but their words come out seeming. Just pause, think. Sometimes it's better to just not say anything.
1: Yeah, that's what I was getting at with the second question about Bubba Wallace. Is I think you said it better than I did. Everybody wants to get out there and say something and get in on the action, and it would be better to just wait and see what happens
0: yeah and i agree most of the time uh, that's probably well intended good for you for wanting so badly to identify and chip in but you're just not equipped to do so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> time for a break but on the other side we'll tell you what it is we like this week from the world of sports that's up next here on the beyond the game program hey gang benson here You know, because I'm a bit of an introvert, I don't rush right up to people and get in a conversation as I see others do. I wish that were more comfortable for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about people. In fact, one of my greatest joys is to help people. The biggest help I can ever be is to tell folks about the grace of God. Now just hear me out. Give me just two minutes and then because I know you're a smart person, decide for yourself what to do with what I'm telling you. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us. So much so, in fact, that He sent His Son, who is the only one who never sinned. And though He need not die, willingly did so on a cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why? Why? because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. He says so in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But though he gave his life, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, defeating death, making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see that's the grace of God I want to tell you about. Forgiveness of sins is available all people. God's grace is freely available to everyone. 1 John 1 9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here it is, Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you want to know Jesus, pray to God. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and that he did that for you. And then start a new life, repenting from your sins and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be forgiven of sin, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back in. Before we shut it down for this week, it's time to leave you with something encouraging. In talking about being sent out by the disciples of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people throughout the world, the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 10, they only asked us to remember the poor. The very thing I was so eager to do. This week, my friend, Nelson Cruz of the Minnesota Twins. Okay, maybe a slight exaggeration, but Nelson Cruz received the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award, recognizing the selfless work he has done in his community. Though he's now a famous and wealthy major leaguer, Cruz returns each offseason to his tiny town in the Dominican Republic, a town so poor that it didn't have basic infrastructure like you know, things we take for granted, a fire truck, an ambulance. Over the years, Cruz has humbly provided for his hometown of Las Matas de Santa Cruz, a fire engine, an ambulance. He supported the building of a new police station. and More than that, he's contributed wheelchairs, crutches, medical supplies. He annually brings down doctors and dentists to a local clinic to give medicine and care for people he's never forgotten. And this award provides a $100,000 grant from ESPN to continue the work which he's doing. By the way, ESPN's Hallie Grossman wrote a wonderful piece on the story on June 21st. You can find it on their website. My friend Nelson Cruz. Too much? Uh, No. Okay, my friend Nelson Cruz's great and honorable work in his hometown is what I like this week.
1: What I like this week was a quote from Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. He was uh, at an event that Mike Tomlin does for Father's Day called Man Up Pittsburgh, and he was talking about things that he's done in his life that he wishes he'd done differently. And he said, Uh, A lot of things about how uh, he was very open with the people that he was talking to about his life and his things that he's done. He said, I've fallen as short as anybody. I've been addicted to alcohol. I've been addicted to pornography, which makes me then not the best husband, not the best father, not the best Christian I can be. But he continues, but you have to dedicate yourself and understand that you can get out of it because of the grace of God. And him saying, listen, you're good enough for me the way you are. You don't have to be perfect. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have the reputation of being the, the best guy. You certainly wouldn't think of him as a Christian, but it seems like he's made some steps in his life. And it was good to see him sharing his story with the future of Pittsburgh. So Ben Roethlisberger talking on Father's Day honestly about his own life is what I like that. this week.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing to like, Zach. Our friend Bryce Johnson, uh, Unpacking It radio program, Mm -hmm. he hosts a man up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we should get him on soon and talk about that. That's our show for this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. Here's a reminder that the Beyond the Game program is a radio ministry which happens, thanks in large part, to the support of our listeners. To the many of you who have supported us, both in your prayers as well as with generous financial donations, we say thank you. We really appreciate you. you. With your help, we've been able to bring biblical teachings, the good news of Jesus Christ to sports fans all around the world using Sports Talk Radio, and that happens because of you. We're asking that you would continue to remember us in your prayers, and if God does lay it on your heart to make a contribution financially to this ministry, whether it be a one-time gift or a recurring amount, please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For my friend, Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.